Hello, and welcome to Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, and I'll be your host for today. We'll begin in a moment, but first I'd like to let you know that soon you will be entertained by news, reports, scandal, and of course, speculation. Bryce to Tower, we are ready for takeoff. Welcome to the end of a decade, or the beginning of a decade, I suppose, depending upon your point of view. Guys, I love Disney. I think that's obvious. I think that's clear. I started doing the Nocturnal Disney podcast in 2016. My mom ended up getting sick in 2017, and so I ended it because I just had more important things that I had to take care of than a podcast. Do I enjoy the podcast? Absolutely. That's why it's back. I started it with Jungle Book. That was the first episode ever of the Nocturnal Disney podcast. But I didn't start watching Disney movies with the Jungle Book. I didn't start watching them in 2016. I've been watching Disney movies my entire life. So what I thought would be fun would be for me to go back to 2010 and get my favorite Disney movie for each year of the past decade. Then I'll take those movies, put them in a top 10 list themselves, and go from there. And this list is the fruit of those labors. So, here we go. We're going to start this off with number 10 in 2016. It's Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. So, first off, it's a stupid title. It is a really dumb, bad title. It could be much, much better, but it's not, so here we are. Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. It is the one that feels most like a war. You know what I'm saying? It feels very down-to-earth, very gritty, very grimy. You have characters like K2SO who are fantastic. You have characters like Jin Erso who are great. Rogue One really just hit me in a spot where I was like, yes, I like everything that's going on with this movie. And then that ending scene where Darth Vader comes onto the ship and just starts obliterating Rebels, that was nuts. That was insane. That was really, really fun to watch. Because think about it. When I first saw Darth Vader, it was in Star Wars. Then it became Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And he was fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never felt the menace of Darth Vader. Whenever he was in a lightsaber duel, he was just standing there, just swinging back and forth. And it didn't look like it was taking a whole lot of effort or energy. In this, though, he is taking rebels, throwing them up into the air with the force, pinning them to the ceiling, walking past them and slashing them in the gut. The action in that scene, and really the whole rest of the movie, is really, really incredible. It's just a lot of fun to watch. Moving on to 2011, we get to see my number nine, the silly old bear, Winnie the Pooh. Now, I know that people don't love Winnie the Pooh the same way that I love Winnie the Pooh, I just think the writing in those movies is so clever. It reminds me almost of a Monty Python sketch. It's very well written. It's very funny. It's very witty. And it's very enjoyable to me. Like the scene at the end of the movie where Piglet is trying to get all of his friends out of a pit that they dug for the Baxen. Rabbit asks Piglet, tie a knot. He goes, I cannot. He goes, so you can tie a knot. I cannot not. That scene is hysterical to me just because it is so clever and so witty. They use the naivety of these characters in a way that is just really, really well done. 
This was the first movie or TV show of really anything of Winnie the Pooh that I had watched in a long, 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 long time. And it just kind of bring all the joy back to me. It brought all the magic back to me, and I loved it. I really, really like this movie. My only complaint about the movie is it is so stinking short. It's, I think, an hour and five minutes, maybe. I just want it to keep going. I really, really wanted that movie to not end when it did. But, oh well, it is what it is. And hey, at least I got an hour that brought me back into the 100 Acre Wood for the rest of my life, most likely. Man, I love Winnie the Pooh. Moving on, it's 2013, and my number eight is Frozen. Frozen was just a lot of fun. Frozen was so unexpected when it came out, not just in terms of quality, but with box office. This thing would just not stop. I believe it ran till May of the next year, which is insane. Insane. There was a reason that it was the number one animated movie for a long, long time. And it just lost that title in 2019 when it went up against Jon Favreau's The Lion King. But be that as it may, what Frozen did was unprecedented. Because it was in the top five for months. Not weeks, months. Everyone was taken in by how cute Anna was. Everyone was taken in with Elsa, this mysterious character, and what she can actually do. You take that and you add Kristoff to the mix. Kristoff was great. Kristoff was wonderful. And then you add Olaf. Olaf is such a funny character. He is a side character, to be sure. But if you use your side characters as side characters and not main characters, well, then they tend to work really well. And Olaf works fantastically as a side character, and he works great in this first Frozen movie. Let's skip ahead now to 2017 for my number seven, which is Thor Ragnarok. If ever there was a bigger swing from this last movie was pretty terrible to wow, this movie is fantastic, it was Thor the Dark World to Thor Ragnarok. After Thor the Dark World, I didn't really like the Thor character. He just wasn't interesting to me. He wasn't fun. His single stories kind of sucked, and the only reason I liked him was because of Avengers. That being said, I really did like the original Thor movie. I thought that one was a lot of fun. But then once you see him interacting with Stark, and you see him interacting with Captain America, and you see him interacting with Black Widow, and Hulk, and everyone else, he's just great. He's so, so good. And then so we went from Avengers now to Thor 2, The Dark World. And it was a massive letdown. It was a monstrous letdown. But then Taika Waititi came back in and said, Guys, don't worry. Thor Ragnarok, I got this. And he came in and he absolutely crushed it. I mean, he got Jeff Goldblum to come in and play Grandmaster. If that's not a get for the MCU, I don't know what is. And throughout this series, I feel like we've really seen Chris Hemsworth grow as an actor. Because in the original Thor, he was fine. He was enjoyable to watch. He was funny. That whole scene where he slams the cup of coffee on the ground, that was good. Fast forward to Infinity War and Ragnarok for the time being. He was great in those movies. He was great. The other thing that was really fantastic about Thor Ragnarok, there was not a Jane Foster or a Kat Dennings in sight. Oh my goodness. Natalie Portman? I'm sorry, she's miscast in that role. 
never once have I looked at Natalie Portman and gone, yep, you're a professor, you're a doctor, I get it, I believe it. She doesn't have that look about her. She has the look of a businesswoman, in my opinion, anyway. And Kat Dennings, I just don't like her and stuff. I just do not find her enjoyable. And I've talked to other guys about this, some of my friends, and like, oh man, but she's so hot, this and this. I don't care. This is a movie. I'm here to watch you act. I'm here to watch you perform, and I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it at all. I don't need her in my Thor movie because she was not entertaining. And she's not in Thor Ragnarok. Thank God for that. 2019 gave me Aladdin. And Disney's live-action remakes are a little bit hit and miss for me. Like, Dumbo, didn't love it. Maleficent, really hated it. Maleficent 2, hated it. Not as much as the first one, but still didn't like it very much. The 2010 Alice in Wonderland, I loved that movie. I thought that was great, and I know that a lot of people don't like that one either, but worked for me. I was really nervous going into Aladdin. I didn't think that it was going to be very good at all. I'd watch the trailers, we wouldn't get any dialogue, Aladdin didn't speak, Jasmine didn't speak, I don't think Will Smith spoke. The only one who spoke was Jafar, didn't love the way he sounded, so I kind of felt like they were hiding the movie a little bit with their marketing. Then the first trailer that they showed the genie in, he looked abysmal. I was not happy about that whatsoever. Then the stills came out, and the stills looked much better than the trailers ever did. So that gave me a little bit more confidence. But again, it's a movie, so it's not going to be still. You know what I'm saying? Then it came out, and it blew me away. Will Smith as the genie. Was he Robin Williams? Of course not. No one is Robin Williams. No one could play the genie better than Robin Williams did. However, did Will Smith do a good job? You're dang right he did. He did a really good job, and I'm really happy that I saw it. Number five brings us to 2014. Oh, 2014, Bryce, was it Into the Woods? No, it wasn't. What about Big Hero 6? Was it that? Mmm, I do love Big Hero 6. A lot, actually. But no, it wasn't Big Hero 6. It was actually Guardians of the Galaxy. When you take out the big team-up movies of the MCU, you know, the Avengers and so on and so forth, those are amongst my favorite Marvel movies. However, in terms of a new IP like Iron Man, Captain America, like a single hero movie, or in this case, a single groups movie, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite MCU movie, period. It is so good. It was so shocking when it came out. It was one of the few movies that I walked out of and had the desire to turn around and go right back in. I loved it that much. I didn't know I was going to like Groot as much as I like Groot. I didn't know I was going to like Rocket Raccoon as much as I like Rocket Raccoon. Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora. They were all great and they all came together so well in this film. And what's interesting is people say, oh, you have to have a movie where they introduce the single character and then you bring them together into the group. We didn't need that for Guardians. We had no idea who Rocket Raccoon was. We had no idea who Groot was. Heck, most people had no idea who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, even if you were a big comic book fan, because they just weren't that popular of an IP. That being said, they are now, because they made a fantastic movie. 
James Gunn came out and absolutely crushed it. Number four is 2018's Avengers Infinity War. Now I know Avengers Endgame really is the culmination of everything that has happened in the MCU up until that point. However, Avengers Infinity War is just so stinking good. It's so good. We see our heroes in this movie get beat down to the point where it hurts to watch them get beat down. We have one of the most emotional scenes of the MCU when Peter Parker dies and he's telling Tony, I don't want to go. People were losing it in the theater. People were crying in my theater. I saw it three times opening weekend. And that is a record that I don't think I will ever beat. The heroes were great in it. Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, all of them. They were a lot of fun to watch. But the real draw of that movie was Thanos. Thanos was coming in there and just wrecking shop. And dang it, it was fun to watch. We even get more of Gamora's backstory, which is interesting because it was something that I never really considered. I really didn't care where Gamora came from. That being said, after seeing it, happy I saw it. It was really interesting, and that sequence was really, really good. And it was also very humanizing for Thanos to go through that because we see him actually care for Gamora. So when he launches her off that cliff in Vormir to get the Soul Stone, you know it actually hurts him. People say Darth Vader is the best movie villain. Some people say the Joker is the best movie villain. And while I did really enjoy Heath Ledger's Joker, Thanos is just such a good and well-rounded villain. A lot of people leaving that movie were saying things like, Thanos makes a lot of sense. Maybe we should do something like that. Now, I feel like they're being a bit hyperbolic, but you know what? I get it. Thanos' desire, his endgame, right? What he thought was going to happen was good. He thought he was going to bring about a utopia. But they call him a mad titan in the comics for a reason. Because he's insane. Because that doesn't work. That's not going to be good. But as a movie villain, Thanos is fantastic. Moving on to my number three, we're going way, way back to 2010 to go climbing up the hair of Rapunzel Entangled. That movie is fantastic. I'm actually very, very happy because in 2019, AMC was doing this thing they were calling Dream Big Little Princess or something like that. And they were showing a bunch of old Disney movies now, in 2010, when Tangled came out in theaters, I did not go see it in theaters because it looked really, 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 really bad. The trailers for Tangled were awful. But behind those trailers, you had very endearing characters like Rapunzel, like Flynn Rider. You had a great villain in Mother Gothel. The animation was beautiful. The music was amazing. The music I listen to to this day very, very frequently. And at the time, and I don't know if it still holds this record, but it was the most expensive animated movie to ever be produced. Again, I don't know if it continues to hold that record, but I believe that it does. Not only that, but it ties back into my 2013 favorite movie, which is Frozen, because Rapunzel and Eugene end up going to Elsa's coronation, which helps spawn one of my favorite Disney theories, which is that Anna and Elsa aren't sisters, they're actually cousins and Elsa and Rapunzel are actually the sisters. I thought that's a great theory. I really like it. Frozen 2 kind of puts the kibosh on it, but hey, you know what? I still believe that it's Rapunzel 
and Elsa, who are the sisters. That being said, there is so little entangled to actually dislike, I can't think of anything, as a matter of fact. I really, really, really like Tangled. But coming in at 2012 is my number two movie, and that is Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph is my favorite movie from this new renaissance of Disney movies, right? Because it felt like Disney was going through a renaissance at the beginning of the decade. Tangled, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, they all kind of felt like the Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast of their time, right? They did to me, anyway. That being said, I didn't see it three times opening weekend, but I did see Wreck-It Ralph five times in theaters before AMC A-List. And at the time, I was married. So I paid for that movie essentially ten times because I loved it that much. To see Ralph go through his journey throughout this movie is really, really well done. And it's funny because if you look at the beginning of the movie, all of the villains are at this Badanon conference, right? Just sitting there talking about being bad guys. Zombie tells Ralph, good, bad, it doesn't matter, you must love you. And that's essentially the lesson that he ends up learning throughout this movie. So they give you the answer right there at the beginning, but then you see Ralph learning that lesson as you go out. Not only that, but Disney has made a bunch of cute characters. People fall head over heels for baby Simba. People fell head over heels for baby Dory, and baby Dory was stupidly cute. But for my money, the most adorable character Disney has ever made is Vanellope Von Schweetz. If I ever had a little kid, I would want them to act just like that. I love Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph. I think she is so stinking cute. She's so funny. She's very fast. She's very witty. I love everything about that character. And to see the friendship that these two build throughout the movie, it's really moving. And 2015 is going to take my top spot with Inside Out. Pixar puts out some fantastic movies. They really, really do. You have movies like Toy Story, Toy Story 3, you have movies like Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, but Inside Out was such an odd story for them to tell, and I was wondering if they were going to be able to tell it well, and they knocked it out of the stinking park, man. Just like a number of movies on this list of movies, I went and saw it on Friday, and then I went back to the movies on Saturday, and I watched it again. When you see Joy at the beginning of the movie really trying to suppress sadness and she put her in the sadness circle, not only is that really funny, but it's also a great analog for life. A lot of people go put on a happy face, oh yeah, everything's okay, everything's fine, nothing's bothering me. Meanwhile, they're dying inside. So the movie had a great message, it had a really good story, it was touching, it was moving, but it was also really, really, really creative. And if I'm going to sit down and spend an hour and a half, or in this case, three hours of my weekend watching a movie, it had better be creative. It had better be something interesting. It had better be something worth watching. And that's exactly what they did with Inside Out. Not only was it well written, not only was it creative, but man, it was hysterical. Bill Heater as Fear, he was great. Amy Poehler as Joy, she was fantastic. Mindy Kaling as discussed, she was actually really funny. 
but my favorite, and of course it would be my favorite if anybody knows me who's listening to this knows, Anger as Louis Black was tremendous. Having Louis Black in this movie be Anger, he is the voice of rage for a generation. Like, he is going to go down in history as possibly one of the most angry comics ever. And they use him brilliantly in this movie. Every time anger explodes and fire shoots up out of his head and he grabs fear and he just starts bashing him in the head <laughs> into the console, it's great. It always makes me laugh. Always. Not only that, but because I can be a fairly angry gentleman, uh, it's great to have a meme that I can just send to people and be like, this is where I'm at. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> So guys, that is my list of movies. I went back, like I said, got my favorite movie from each year of the last decade, put that in the top 10 for you. What are your top 10 movies of the decade? I'd really like to know. But Bryce, where can we send that to you? Don't you worry about it. You can get a hold of me on Facebook. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, join a little group. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. On Instagram, it's the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. And on Twitter, it's at Disney Nocturnal. And if you want to find this show anywhere else than where you're listening to it right now, you can find it on iTunes, Newground. You can also find it on Spotify and all of the major podcast aggregators. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And on behalf of our entire crew, thanks for soaring with us. And have a great day wherever your final destination may take you.